It's about time it got here, but here's the weekend. Oh, yes, and it's also time for Ask the Preacher. Your chance to have your Bible questions answered. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship, located in North Lakeland. Ask the Preacher with John Free. John's out this week, but here's George Locke. Yippee! It is Friday, and it is so good to be back in studio with you folks. I have missed you. I've been uh, away from the studio for a couple of weeks now, and uh, John has graciously asked me to come back into the studio, so thank you to John for that, and I'm excited to be here. But before we go any further, I have two ladies I need to make a shout-out to. The first is my mother-in-law, who as of eight minutes ago is officially retired. Congratulations, Lynette, on that. And to my mother, uh, it is her birthday today, so happy birthday, Mom. Hey, Mom, I'm on the radio. I made it. So <laughs> it's good to be in studio with you folks. Just a reminder, you can join in on the conversation. We're going to be tackling quite a few things today. The phone number to call in and have uh, your question answered from a biblical point of view uh, or to join in on the conversation, it's 863-682-1430. That's 863 682 1430. You can also go to askthepreacher.com and you can see previous episodes there. You can submit questions and we'll do our best to answer them uh, on the next show. And you can also find the phone number there in case you forget it. So I wanted to start today's topic with a Bible verse. It's appropriate considering this is Ask of the Preacher. And uh, it's from Luke 14. And we're going to start looking at verse 28. It says, uh, But do not begin. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to uh, read from the New Living Translation, so if it's a bit modern English for you folks, that's why. Uh, but don't begin, this is Jesus talking, don't begin until you count the cost, for whoever begins a construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Who would do that? Otherwise, you might completely, uh, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everybody would laugh at you. And they would say, look, there's the person who started to build and couldn't afford to finish it. He goes on, verse 31, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he would send out a delegation to discuss terms and make peace with the enemy who is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything that you own. And so Jesus was talking there uh, about really counting the cost of following him because it requires us to daily deny ourselves to pick up our crosses and to follow him. And that, that comes at a cost. And, you know, it's something that we have to endure in. He makes it pretty obvious. You, you know, there's a lot of people, they start this journey with Jesus. It's, you know, I, I need Jesus to help me with my healing. I need Jesus to help my family problem get better. I need Jesus to help my emotional uh, issues but then when things get good, it's easy to kind of forget about Jesus and to, to start picking up our own pride and idols. And so I think it's important that we remember to endure. But that's not the main topic why I wanted to read that verse. It's not the main focus I want for our conversation today. This is Ask the Preacher, and I am a preacher. I was a youth pastor for, for some time. I preach in the streets and I preach to everybody I meet. But I'm also um, given this amazing opportunity by God to work 
in a company that is run by him. The name of the company is Polk Technology Solutions, and we help businesses gain competitive advantages and grow. And I read this verse because it points out two things. Jesus first talks about building a tower, but then he talks about going to war. And I don't know if you guys have realized it yet, but if you are a person who loves common sense, the Constitution, personal liberty and freedom, there is a war going on in our nation right now. It is a fifth generational civil war. A fifth generational war is not a kinetic war that is fought with bullets and sticks and bombs. A fifth generation war is fought on the battlefield of economics and ideology. And you are being assaulted every single day if you are not woke enough, if you are not uh, down with the leftist uh, tyrannical government takeover. And let me give you an example. Last week, PayPal, they uh, came out with their new terms of service that anybody who uses PayPal would be subject to these terms of services. And included in that was the idea that if you, as an individual, participated in what PayPal deems misinformation or disinformation, they would fine your account $2,500. It might not even be related to anything that you do with PayPal. If you post a link that that's just, in their view, misinformation, they're going to take money out of your account without you knowing. Now, due to the backlash, rightfully so, they have said they've, oh, that was a mistake and we shouldn't have done that and, and you know, we're not going to enact that, that policy, uh, to which my question would be, well, they're not going to enact it for how long? There's going to be a time where they're going to try to do that again. And it's not just PayPal. It's all these other corporations that are infringing on your body autonomy, making you take procedures that are irreversible uh, in order for you to have a job or to have a bank account or et cetera, et cetera. And it's only going to get worse. So part of what I do is I preach and I'm a watchman on the wall and I help people understand what's going to come to the best of our ability. And today, I'm going to utilize the gifts that God has given me in helping people grow their businesses. I'm going to help you understand how we can fight this fifth generational war, and we can set ourselves up to win and be prosperous. And so we're going to talk about that in as much detail as our three segments allow right after the break. We're going to take a brief break and then we're going to start tackling this issue. The phone number, 863-682-1430. See you in just a few moments. But now, let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed. John's out today, but hey, we got George. Welcome back from the break, everybody. And thank you listening. Thanks for having me. Hey, just a reminder, the phone number to call in, join the conversation, give us your opinions, ask your questions, and have it answered from a biblical point of view is 863-682-1430. And just before the break, I was explaining uh, what it is that God has allowed me to do as a professional uh, in my professional career. I help companies gain competitive advantages. The, the principles that are from the Bible that we help companies not only understand and change the way they, they think, but also actually implement and put into practice. We've helped our clients generate millions of dollars, and that's not 
being hyperbolic. It's real. I, I have the receipts. Um, and it's not because of how smart I am. This is stuff that's out of the Bible. It's stuff that's proven and practical and has stood the test of time. And we're going to talk about it today because if you love the Constitution, you might not even be a Christian. You might not uh, follow Jesus, which, hey, I encourage you to do because 10 out of 10 people die. And when you die, you will stand before the judge. And you're either going to stand on your own righteousness or on Jesus's righteousness. And I would encourage you to stand on his. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But right now, I want to keep the focus on this economic civil war that we are in. And I don't use that word lightly or flippantly. I mean it quite literally. It is a economic fifth generation civil war with people who hate your guts, people who are trying to push perverts in the classroom and onto your children. And the only way to win a war is to defeat the enemy. Um, and we're going to talk about how we can defeat them economically. Uh, we're going to talk about here the, the World Economic Forum. Now, bear with me. Get your tinfoil hats out. Uh, because if you were to ask six months ago what the World Economic Forum was to Google, if you were to ask Google about the Great Reset, they would have told you six months ago, literally six months ago, that it was a conspiracy theory. Well, today, if you were to Google that same information, they wouldn't say it's conspiracy theory. They would just say it's the World Economic Forum's plan to recover from COVID-19. Well, the World Economic Forum, for those of you who don't know, it is the group that sets economic policy for all of the world's central banks. They are the big players. They help steer what the Central Bank of, of England the Federal Reserve of the United States and all the central banks of the world, the World Economic Forum helps steer them. They have said in their plan for the Great Reset, the economy was stopped during COVID. And just like your computer, we had to turn it off, turn it on. And so now we're going to try to reset the economy. And by 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. That is not my saying. That is a direct quote from the World Economic Forum. They want to enslave you economically. And so we're going to talk about uh, how we can overcome that and how we can be prosperous even in the midst of the depression that is very likely going to happen to the world economy. And first, we need to find out why we're going to do that. So here's what I want you to do. You might be saying to yourself, well, I'm not going to listen to this program because I'm not a business owner. Uh, I haven't started my business yet. I don't have a side hustle that I want to make more money on. I work nine to five already. Well, listen, when there's a great economic turmoil, that is the best opportunity for you to make money. People panic during economic turmoil and they jump off the roller coaster. And the only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are those who jump off of the roller coaster mid-ride. I'm going to give you some principles and some tangible practical tools to help you learn how to master the ride that is this uh, economic war that we're in and, and uh, struggle that is most likely going to happen. So before we go any further, if you own a business, if you have a side hustle, if you want to start a business or a side hustle, or you know somebody, a cousin, a nephew, an in-law who owns a business right now, go to polktechsolutions.com slash radio. We are giving you our core mini workbook absolutely free. You cannot give us information to obtain this material. It's just free. And we're also going to give everybody who signs up within the next 52 minutes 
a free consultation. We normally charge $20,000 for that. So that's polktechsolutions.com slash radio. Go there now. Pass the link to somebody who owns a business who's starting a side hustle. We want to help you win this economic war. So now we know what is trying to be done. And we know who's doing it. The World Economic Forum, these people who want a stranglehold over you through the governments of the world, they're creating these artificial uh, shortages, food shortages. Did you know that in the United States this year there have been over 100 food processing plants that have mysteriously burned to the ground? Over 100. And you say, well, that's you know, just happenstance. Well, when you consider that there's only been like 12 in the rest of the world, it makes you go, hmm, interesting. You know, right now there's this energy crisis in Europe because the whole war in Ukraine and Russia's not selling uh, oil, nobody wants to buy their oil, and we wouldn't have that problem if the United States would drill their own oil. But yet we don't do that. Because all of this is intentional. This is designed to bring about this great reset. And so... Again, polktechsolutions.com slash radio. We're giving away our core mini workbook. Why do we have to do this? Out of Proverbs 29, 18, it says that where there is no vision, the people will perish. But he that keepeth the law, he's happy. So we need to have a clear vision of how we're going to fight this war, how you are going to make sure that your business prospers in the times to come. When there's hyperinflation or stagflation, when... There's chaos in the air. You will be a beacon of hope. And we're going to start by giving clear vision. It's a simple principle. But if you don't know where you're going or how you're going to get there or even what success looks like, then you're going to perish. Again, going back to Luke 14, Jesus is giving this example of building a tower. And, and he's talking about the cost of being his disciple, but the principle is still true in business. You know, God's an amazing business manager. He really is. The more I read the Bible with this perspective, the more I go, oh, wow, that verse is about business. Oh, wow, that's about economics. Oh, oh wow, that's about how to be prosperous. And the principles just work. They're common sense. But again, in Luke 14, Jesus talks about counting the cost, planning ahead because if you don't, you run out of money, you look foolish. One of the things that constantly, constantly causes people to stumble either in their current business or in a ministry that they want to start or in a side hustle that just doesn't seem to, to get moving, it doesn't take off like they're hoping, it almost always occurs because there is not a clear vision written down. You start a business or you're, you're in the midst, maybe this is you, you're in the middle of your business right now, you're, you're kind of living hand to mouth, and you're saying to yourself, man, how do, I, how do I get to the next level? How do I actually get this to be a prosperous thing? Step one is getting a clear, articulate vision and writing it down. Having an idea, just this, ethereal, real, vague dream of, oh yeah, I want to be a millionaire in six years. Okay, well, let's map out how you're actually going to get there dollar by dollar. Who are you connecting with? Who are they connecting with? How are you following up? How are you building relationships? Step one to success is having a clear, written down vision. Step one 
dash A, or step two, if you will, is having a clear budget. Now, I love Dave Ramsey. There are things I agree with him on. There's things I disagree with him on. But one thing that I do not disagree with him on, and I think it's very difficult to disagree with, is having a clear written down budget. If you don't know where your money is going, if you don't know how your money's coming in, it's going to be real hard for you to prepare for success. Why is that important to have a clear budget? We look at Joseph again. Joseph in Genesis, right? In the, in the, in the book of the Bible, it talks about how he uh, was imprisoned. The Pharaoh had a dream and Joseph interprets the dream and says, look, Pharaoh, here's, here's what God's telling you. There's going to be seven years of plenty and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And so then Joseph, through the wisdom that God gave him, uh, was able to help the Pharaoh and all of Egypt store and prepare, have clear vision, and get ready for what was to come. That is what we need to do to fight, to even begin to fight this economic fifth-generational civil war. We have to start with clear vision. We have to know how to prepare for what's coming. So again, polktechsolutions.com slash radio. Download the, the core mini workbook for free. You cannot give us money for this. We do not want your money for this. We want to help you build your vision and craft it. We're going to talk about the next steps. How do you go, okay, once I have a vision, what do I now actually do to implement it? How does the Bible tell us how to do this? We're going to talk about it when we come back from the break. Just a reminder, you can call in, have your questions answered. Join the conversation. It's 863-682-1430. You can also go to Ask thepreacher.com. Don't go away. We'll see you right after this break. Ask the Preacher returns. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church of North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Jonathan Reed is your regular host, but he's out today. Sitting in is George Locke. Welcome back from the break, everybody, and thank you. For having me as your host, filling in for John. Just a reminder, you can go to askthepreacher.com. You can submit questions there, and you can also submit comments. You know, tell John how, uh, how much you miss him and how great it was to have me as the special guest host. And uh, the phone number to call in, 863-682-1430. If you have a question, we will answer it with a biblical worldview backed by good doctrine uh, and today we're, we're talking about the reality that we are in already, not that it's going to happen, not that it could happen. We are right now in an economic, a fifth generational civil war. And if you love freedom, the constitution, sanity, common sense, you are the target of the far left who want to destroy you and your children. And uh, if you don't know what exactly I mean by that, listen to the previous segments of this episode. Uh, we talk about the World Economic Forum and the reality of what they're trying to bring about. We're talking today about how you, if you're starting a business, if you own a business, if you have a side hustle, if you have a ministry that's struggling to succeed, if you know somebody who owns a small business, maybe you work for that person, you need to go to Polk techsolutions.com slash radio. You have uh, 40 minutes left here, 38 minutes left to not only get the 
free, absolutely free mini core workbook, which is what we're talking about today. And it's going to give you clear vision on how you can succeed and be effective in this economic civil war. But we're giving away free consultations. Again, that's normally $20,000. We're giving that away, but only for 37 more minutes. PolkTechSolutions.com slash radio. So one of the things that people, specifically people in the church, have a problem with is money. You have these two extremes. Some people think I am extremely holy and pious and humbled if I am dirt poor and eating grasshoppers and honey like John the Baptist. And it's true. Jesus said that there has been no man born of woman who is greater than John the Baptist. He was a great, great man. He was completely sold out to preparing the way for the Lamb of God. But having the view that money itself is evil is just not biblically sound. It's not. Um, having the opposite extreme, which is, I love money. I need money. Money will fix my problems. Let me worship the altar of money. That is also an extreme that is wrong. There's this middle ground and there's this realization throughout the Bible that money is a tool. And like a hammer, it is not a good thing or a bad thing. Money is just a thing. It is a tool that you are supposed to utilize to, one, take care of your family, because the Bible explains to us that a man, specifically, who abandons his family, doesn't take care of his family, is worse than the unbeliever. So, one, you're supposed to utilize money to take care of your family. The Bible goes on to explain that God's children, they're not forsaken. The righteous aren't out begging for bread. And if uh, mere men, Jesus explains, give good gifts to their children, how, how much more does the Father give to his children. So we are supposed to use this tool of money to provide for our families. It is not an evil thing, but money used incorrectly can absolutely be a, a dangerous thing. Uh, a hammer can either drive a nail to build walls or it can smash your thumb to pieces. And it takes practice. It takes learning from others and wisdom and caution to learn how to be a hammer master, to learn to be a money master. We give you some tools through the Core Mini Workbook on how to correctly visualize your money and then how to actually make more of it and to make this tool work for you. And again, that's polktechsolutions.com slash radio. And finally, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about when it comes to this economic civil war. We'll move on to, to other topics. We have some questions that that folks need answered. We're going to talk about hacking humans. Kind of, kind of hacking humans. Uh, humans love stories. Every one of us does to some degree. It's how that, it's just how God has made us for some reason. I don't know. It doesn't matter what culture you go to, what time in human history, there's story throughout. That's how we communicate. And so when it comes to building your business, you need to learn how to be a good storyteller. In fact, God's plan for salvation is done through a story. Jesus uh, gave his disciples the Great Commission in uh, Mark 16. He says, all authority has been given to me. I now give it to you. 
go and preach the gospel of the good news to all the world, starting in Jerusalem, then Judea, and, and moving out to uh, the table of nations. But that salvation plan is done not by Christians saying magic words. It's not done by, um, you know, wearing a little fish necklace and, and, and that's it. It's not done by a WWJD bracelet on your wrist. No, people are saved by hearing the story, the true story, that we, every single one of us, have violated God's law. We are now guilty before the judge, but the judge stepped in and took the punishment himself for our sake. And we can now legally change places with him. He took our place as the person who violated God's law, and he killed that nature on the cross. He crucified it. The law of sin and death no longer has hold on us because we can legally take his place, his righteousness, his nature, and be in right standing with God. That story, that true event that really happened, is how people are brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so when it comes to our businesses, if you want your business to succeed, if you want your ministry to succeed, if you want to have your side hustle take off, you need to learn how to tell a story. And a story that connects with people in the voice they need to hear, with the feeling they need to feel, and then deliver the impact they need to have delivered to them. When you can learn to tell a story, and again, look at the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the whole thing is a big story, but their story throughout it, very few portions of the Bible are laws and pieces of information that are not story. Almost the whole thing is story. And so we need to learn how to tell stories. That is a third step of how you will be able to grow your business despite what uh, the enemy in this economic civil war tries to bring about. You can succeed by having clear vision, by learning how to harness the tool of money, and by learning how to tell the story of your brand. If you do those three things, it is a fantastic start to being an effective soldier in this economic civil war. And you can do it with like-minded people. There's all kinds of places that you can go to connect with other like-minded business. One that I'd recommend, I have nothing to, to uh, gain from this, but go to places like Public Square. That's a, an app you can download. Man, if you want to uh, give your money to businesses that do not hate you, go to Public Square, look at those services, look at those uh, products and service providers. Uh, but you can also go to polktechsolutions.com slash radio. You have 30 minutes less left to submit your information, to download the free core mini workbook, and uh, to be a soldier in this economic civil war. Now, we're going to go on to some other questions because this is Ask the Preacher, and I want to make sure that we have answers to the questions that are asked. And we're going to start with this first one, which is <clears throat> submitted online. The question goes, once we return to the new Eden, I'm assuming that we and the other members of the Elohim will continue to have free will. If that is the case, what's to prevent one of the angels or a human to rebel against God again? 
and get us right back to where we started? Well, that's a pretty good question. So uh, to, to summarize it, uh, I, I believe the person is asking, hey, once revelation plays out, once we're, you know, God comes and he creates a new heaven, a new earth, sin, death, hell, all of Satan and his followers are thrown into the lake of fire forever. Now we're in paradise again, right? We're on, we're, we're back to the new Eden. What prevents us from falling again? Uh, my answer to that would, would be from uh, the book of Revelation itself. So if you look at Revelation 21, verses uh, 23 through 27, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. It says, in the city, it's talking about the new Jerusalem that literally comes out of, of God, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. It's Jesus. And by its light will all nations walk, and the king of the and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and the gates will never be shut by day. Uh, so it's pretty interesting, you know, taking a little pause here, that there's nothing outside that's a threat. Otherwise, you would you would have to shut the gate. So the gate is not shut. There's no threat outside. And it says, uh, and there will be no night there, right? So nighttime, biblically speaking, and there's all kinds of reference to this in, in Psalms, the things that creep at that night. It's a reference to other deities, these false fallen angel deities. Uh, so the, the bad nighttime that is referenced throughout the Bible where the creepy crawly things come out, that's gone too. Verse 26, and they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. So there's your answer. Yeah, we get to have free will. We will continue to rule and reign with Christ. Not that we're ruling over others, but we're ruling with in this new place. Um, so we will have the mind of Christ perfected as much as possible without expanding the Trinity. We will be, as Second Corinthians says, when we receive his nature, we're born of the divine seed. We are now one with God um, in as much as that is possible. So the notion that we could then sin and rebel or, you know, any of us go through this perfection sanctification process, it's just utterly implausible to the point of absurdity and impossibility. It's just, it's not going to happen anymore. Um, and again, free will being the example back to Eden, they were able to do as they pleased in the garden. Um, they just could not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, you know, if, if he wanted to nap when he wanted to nap, if he wanted to change and alter the garden as Adam saw fit, he, he had free will to do those things. Um, so when the new Eden comes about, we will still have free will, but we won't be able to, to sin. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. Phone number to call in, 863-682-1430. Call in, get your questions answered. We'll see you right after this break. We are getting our Bible questions answered right now because this is Ask the Preacher on Talk Radio 96.7 brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George. Welcome back from the break, you beautiful people. Thank you for having me in studio with you. Thank you for being uh, with us. The phone number 863-682-1430. Just a reminder, 
in case you haven't done it yet, if you own a business, if you are starting a side hustle, have a side hustle, or you know somebody who owns a business, you have just a few minutes left, 20 minutes to go to polktechsolutions.com slash radio, get the free core mini workbook to help your business succeed in the economic civil war that we are already in. You might not know it, but you're already in it. We're going to go on. Uh, if you're if you're interested in that, listen to the previous segments. Uh, go to askthepreacher.com in a couple of weeks. You'll be able to, to listen to this episode in full. Uh, or you can go to polktechsolutions.com slash radio. Get some more information on that. Contact us. We'll be happy to, to help inform you about the war that is going on for your freedom uh, through economics. We're going to go on and answer some other questions here because this is Ask the Preacher. And we have another question that was submitted online. And the question is from a person named Martin, and it says, I'm an Anglican, so I've been brought up with the Holy Trinity central to my creed. Uh, My struggle is with the Holy Spirit being a separate, and he puts in here, quote, person equal to the Father and the Son. It seems to me the Spirit... Uh, is just how Yahweh, the Father, gives, uh, I'm sorry, lives within his people once they are born anew. Uh, I wonder how first century Christians really believed about the Trinity. Uh, that, whew, okay, contentious topic. But I will do my best to answer it from a, everybody will say it's a biblical point of view, their view is biblical, but, but here's a reality. In first century Judaism, there was something called uh, the two powers in heaven. In Psalm 82 in Hebrew, it is very clear in Hebrew that there are two Yahwehs, both equally Yahweh, but two distinct persons. And that is a bit of a conundrum. Because how can Yahweh, Yahweh being God's name, some people pronounce it Yahuwah, some pronounce it Yuhei, you know, Yodhei, Vahei, it's right, God, the uncreated God, the one who made everything. He is clearly in Hebrew in Psalm 82 distinguished as being two Yahwehs. And so the idea that, okay, well, how can God be one, yet there's very obviously two Yahweh's. And here's the analogy that I like to give. And I'll do my best to try to explain it to you, Martin. Hopefully it makes sense. I, myself, George, am one person. I am a father to my children. I am a husband to my wife. And I am a son to my own father. I fulfill three different roles, but I am yet one entity. In same... In in, in similar manner, it's not an exact analogy, I have a will, a spirit, I have emotions, my soul, and I have a physical body. All three of them are me. And when my alarm clock goes off at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm angry emotionally. I am tired physically, but my will will tell my body, wake up. I don't care how you feel physically. I don't care how you feel emotionally. Move. So even within my own physical being, we've all experienced this, you have three distinct 
personalities, yet they're all you. Now, the uniqueness of God and the Godhead is his three roles, the Spirit, the Son, and the Father, they are all one God, and they are in complete harmony. So as where my body would be at odds with with my will when it comes to waking up early, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are never at odds. They're always in complete harmony. They're one being, one Yahweh. So I hope that makes sense. We have a caller on the line. Jim, thanks for joining us. What is your question? A little bit of insight on that uh, previous question. On, um, Pre- previous question about the Trinity about or the about will we sin? Free will. Free will, okay. Free will in, in eternity. Um, I look at it this way. You know, because God is all-knowing, he's all-loving, um, he's all-powerful. Uh, God, if you put eternity on a, on a timeline... Um, from the from the very beginning, God knew uh, that evil with choice, because he has to create uh, in love, uh, he has to create with choice because God is love. He creates after his own likeness. And so God created knowing that uh, with a choice, evil would rear its ugly head. So he devised a plan from that beginning um, to eliminate evil, take on evil uh, itself and eliminate evil. Um, so that you and I could live with forever with him without evil ever rearing its ugly head again. Uh, he cast death, he cast hell into the abyss, and we still have free will. It's just that evil won't be one of the choices. Right it, on. It that's good insight. It won't be a choice that we make. Yeah, and it, that, that, that's that's good. And I think, um, you know, if you were to, to kind of back that up, I think the whole story of the, the Bible declares that. And two verses really stick out to me. Isaiah 46, 10, where it says, uh, I, that's God speaking, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, uh, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. And so he he makes it clear from all the way from Genesis to Revelation uh, that that's his plan to love us because he is loving, because he is knowing, uh, so that he can have a relationship with us. Jim, thank you for the call. Thank you for your insight. All right, thank you for listening to Ask the Preacher, everybody. Again, I encourage you, if if you haven't realized that you are in an economic civil war, we're in one, and we can win the battle, go to polktechsolutions.com slash radio. You got just a few minutes left. But more important than what's happening with the economy is the reality that 10 out of 10 people die. Someday you will die. For some, it'll be today. Make sure that your eternity does not rest on your good works. My favorite verse in the whole Bible is Jeremiah 33.3, where he says, If you want to know me, seek me with your whole heart unbiasedly, and I will show you things you can't even begin to imagine. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Trust in Jesus. And if he's willing, we'll see you next week. Thank you.